You have a collect call from an inmate at the Paulding County Jail. You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 169 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is published author, journalist, TV personality, Jessica Salagi. Buenos dias. <laughs> Buenos dias, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're recording at 10 o'clock in all noche. <laughs> in the noche? Uh, rojo. Rojo. <laughs> I actually do speak Spanish with a little bit of a Southern accent. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm absolutely shocked. How was your week? It was busy, but it was good. It, I didn't have to act like a clown and stand in line for gas. How was yours? No, neither did I. Uh, I did. I, I was down below a quarter of a tank, so I legitimately needed gas. And I found a place that was a little more than everybody else, but I pulled right up to the pump and got what I needed. But it, it started to be a concern with prioritizing trips. If, uh, you know, we do a lot of preventative maintenance this time of year. So if gas is going to be at a premium, I would cut back on the preventative side, only take reactive sort of work orders. Your air is not working. Or in the case of last week, Jesus Heat not working in May. Uh, but it, it wasn't bad. I, I, I'm more laughing at the idiots. And I was had to go to Costco to pick up some, some cased drinks for a first responder appreciation thing. And had to get past the people waiting in line for gas stretched out. I'm guessing the Costco in Paulding County has got 12 or it's got a lot of pumps. Mm-hmm. And the line was stretched out, I'm guessing, a thousand yards all the way into the highway for people wanting to fill their trash bags full of gas, I reckon. Yeah. Our fellow Americans never cease to disappoint me. I mean, I really, they learned nothing from the great TP crisis of 2020. Nothing. Well, Connie has taken the. My mantra, which is calling people narcissists, uh, which a friend of mine calls F everybody but me. And that, if everybody's out of gas, where are you going to go? Well, and I mean, I'm like, there are counties that don't have their own service station and the, the EMS and the first responders and fire and all them rely on retail stations. And there are, I mean... Sure, large trucks use diesel and stuff, but I just, people just have no, no, they don't think past the next five minutes and. No, they're, they're absolutely lemmings. It's everybody else is doing it. I'm going to go do it too. And look, if, if you were, if you were legitimately needing fuel, that's a perfect, perfectly good reason to go. But to buy ever, there has been no shortage. Hell, Colonial Pipeline paid the hackers $5 million in whatever cryptocurrency they wanted. Uh, f- uh, but there was no actual shortage. The shortage was created by people seeing the news, hearing about a shortage, and running out and creating it. Yeah, our, you know, down here in our region of the state, the gas, most of the gas we get is not even from that pipeline, supposedly, and they managed to empty our gas stations, which is just asinine. Well, my parents are the same thing. They're in Fairhope, Alabama, which is south of I-10 on the eastern coast of of, uh, Mobile Bay, and... That's what she was saying. He's like, our gas doesn't even come from that pipeline, and we have lines of people panicking. They caused such a shortage that I read there were flights that had to make a stop before going across the pond. 
They couldn't get gas out of, I think it was Charlotte. I think it was uh, American or something like that that was flying out of Charlotte. Had to stop in Maine to refuel before going across the pond because there were shortages in Charlotte. So I I don't know, man. I can't remember the direct quote, but what Tommy Lee Jones said in uh, Men in Black. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Yeah, I don't trust people, and unfortunately, we have to share resources and live amongst them. People. I, I, I swear to you, I want to put a 50 cal on top of my truck for people. But no, individual per- people, individual persons can be smart, intellectual, thoughtful, kind, but people suck. So anyway, last week I did have a, I took Allie for a spa day. How'd that go? You know, she doesn't walk very well anymore. So, so I get there. First thing, they send me an email saying between uh, 10 and 11. So I drop her off at 10.55 uh, because if you tell me between 10 and 11, it's going to be 10.55. And they said she was supposed to be here at 10. So finally, I pleaded enough, like, this dog stinks. They <laughs> came, uh, came out to get her. I, I hand her off to the young lady that comes out. So I go back to pick her up after she's done. And the, uh, the, the girl that brings her out is carrying her. And she's holding the dog at her chest. And now I have to extract the dog without going to prison. So I'm playing a a real-life game of operation. Like, how do I not molest this 18-year-old girl bringing the dog out and take her... The dog weighs 40 pounds. She's, She's not light enough to wear... Uh, a smaller person can like hold her out away from her body. So, uh, and she's like, just take her, just take her. I'm like, I'm trying not to grab you. She's, oh no, you're fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I am you not do? fine. I, so I played operation. I grabbed the dog by her rib cage in one hand on, on her, on her back and, and, Pulled her away, hoping that I wouldn't see this girl's nose turn red and go, eh. and I accomplished it. But I guarantee you, she was telling the same story to her friends going, this old fat guy <laughs> was, was so worried about, about grabbing me that he made it really uncomfortable. <laughs> I suppose that's better than like not being aware of the situation. Oh, look. Accidental stuff happens. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but every once in a while, when if if you zig and I zag, things happen. Like uh, uh, you you go for a side hug, but someone else goes for a front hug, and you end up you know touching something you didn't mean to. That stuff happens, Mm -hmm. and we all pretend it didn't. But uh, that's all I need is a phone call from the Paulding County Sheriff's Department asking me to turn myself in. That'd make for a great show, though. It would. It would. Uh, will they let me go go into jail with my microphone? Or well, do you I know call? the sheriff. I do know the sheriff, but that'd be great. Like Instead of like the normal opening, it would be, you have a collect call from an <laughs> inmate at the Paulding County Jail. <laughs> do you wish to accept? <laughs> and me and Connie in unison say, no. No. <laughs> Get Connie to fill in for me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So we have Ohio governor announces million dollar lottery for adults who have gotten vaccinated. My God, Jessica. Yeah. Did you read this story last week? No, I read it when you put it on the outline. <laughs> ah, well, they are going to use. So not it's not just a million dollar lottery. They're going to give out a million dollars a week for five weeks. And they're using federal coronavirus relief funds um, if they've gotten their first dose of the vaccine, which is so ridiculous because, I mean, obviously, if you have the Johnson & Johnson, they is a single dose, but the other two, they claim, are not effective with just one dose, that you have to have both and possibly boosters. So, I mean, you're going to give a million dollars to people who aren't even, quote, part of the solution? Oh, man, I saw... Uh, friend of the show, Ken Poling, put up that New York City was offering a free 
hamburger and fries from Shake Shack for getting vaccinated. I bet they're pissed after Ohio's like, yeah, well, we're giving people a million bucks. <laughs> we're giving you a million. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's still not worth moving to Ohio. Well, New Jersey's giving away a free beer. Okay, we're getting closer. And then um, West Virginia, which, I mean, West Virginia, but Jim Justice said that anyone between 16 and 35 will receive a state savings bond if they received a vaccination. Oh, good. Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania kind of wins it with the uh, blackmail award. Uh, Masks will be required until 70% of adults are vaccinated. So we have Ohio, which is, you know, gamble with us. You gamble with your health, take a shot, and you're in a lottery for a million dollars. You have uh, New York giving away hamburgers and and fries. Uh, You have uh, New Jersey giving away free beer. And Pennsylvania's like, look here, you sons of... If you don't, if you are tired of wearing a mask, you best get a shot. Because until seventy percent of you people get a shot, I'm going to keep requiring masks. Yeah, but I mean, I can at least appreciate that he's honest about it. Because, I mean, especially it's hilarious given that I don't know. I'm not going. I don't want to dive. I don't want to open that <laughs> can of worms. But at least he's honest about the fact that you know. The incentives are about control, not incentive. Like it's, it's it, they're trying to compel people to do something that they're not doing because uh, Pennsylvania. I think when I read the article about it last Thursday, they said that it was forty six percent of the population was vaccinated, which is fairly high. I think in Georgia we're at thirty three percent. And Memphis says you could win a free car. <laughs> who's paying for the car? You know damn well who's paying for the car, the taxpayers. But when did vaccinations become the prices right? COVID. All we need is Drew Carey out there. Actually, Bob Barker's still alive. Let's put him in a wheelchair and put him out front to give away the car with his little stick microphone. Well, has he been vaccinated? <laughs> Man, at 97 years old or whatever he is, I don't know. I mean, let's just say at this point, uh, his demise will not be from wrecking a Harley. So we have a controversial, oh, Jesus, army ad depicting a girl with two moms. So I can't believe that in 2021, we're still having conversation about the gays. Like the gays. Why do people care anymore? I, I mean, you don't have to be gay if you don't want to be gay. Really? Unless really? you're in prison. <laughs> uh, I'm not going there either. But, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, I don't, I don't understand why this is still one of our talking points in anything. And and okay. and the fact I mean we've talked about advertisements and commercials and stuff on the show before but it's it's the same argument I have about inappropriate music and stuff like if you're people are upset about this being on television and and the messaging behind it which we're going to get into in a second but if you're if you're allowing your children or that your if your children are so malleable that they can be influenced by a TV commercial or and a Hollywood star or a sports athlete then you're not doing a very good job teaching them the values you want them to hold whatever those values may be well, I mean, you do hand your children over to the government for eight hours a day. Um, I nobody, don't. All three of mine have been homeschooled. <laughs> yeah. Nobody in the Army cares how many moms you have. Do your job. So this ad is called Emma, The Calling, and it's about a little girl before she dry, or joined the, the Army, and it's a two-minute video and it, I guess, like, in part of it, she watches her two moms get married, then she goes off to college, joins a sorority, and then fights for freedom. It shows her fighting for freedom because she participated in a gay rights parade. I think the best line is from The Simpsons, when they have the gay, gay pride parade, 
They say, we're here, we're queer, get used to us. Mm-hmm. And, and they shout back, we know and we are. Nobody cares. But there are people who care. There are people who are super bothered by this. And, and it, 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 it's, I there mean, are this- people who, who are bothered by folks of other races. There are people who are bothered by interracial relationships on TV. You are not going to change somebody's heart like that. It, it, it doesn't matter. Look, the, I don't really don't like any military advertising on TV. It's, it, it, you're, those, those funds come from taxpayers. Those are funds, if you were to give them to the military, whichever branch, could be used on training, could be used on anything else. But instead, you're advertising on it. And look, n- nobody cares if you have two moms. Nobody cares if you have two dads. And honestly, nobody cares if you're gay. I, I, I knew gay guys in the Army. I don't know why they kept volunteering to be the, uh, what we call the meat gazer during your analysis, but nobody cares. Do your job. How did you know they were gay? It, 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 actually, the time I was in the army, it was, it was, it was <laughs> don't ask, don't tell, but it, you, you figure it out, but uh. nobody cares. You be you, bro. When the uniform comes off at at four thirty, whatever time uh, we get we get done with work, that's go go be you. I, I knew uh, of a drill sergeant who was was gay. It was a female. In fact, uh, they had to call her at one point, and her girlfriend answered the phone, and they knew this because. There was no time in between, can we talk to Sergeant So-and-so, and her grabbing the phone. They're obviously in the same room at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. I think it's, I think it's a bigger problem that, it, that the Army sat down and said, well, how do we make our recruiting more inclusive? Well, did you – I mean, this is not the first – this is like a couple weeks after the, the CIA did the same thing. Well, the CIA has done a, a, a few of them. One was this chick la- just listing off all of her mental problems. I'm a <laughs> non-binary, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and then she started listing off like her mental problems. I have anxiety disorder. Oh, that's going to, sh- I guarantee the Ayatollahs are shaking in their boots for somebody with anxiety. Uh Imposter syndrome. Okay. Imposter syndrome is something that almost everyone has. That's when you turn off the lights at night and you wonder if you're not as good as people think you are. Everybody thinks that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has this, uh, this thing where you shut the lights off at night and go, man, I, they think I'm better than I am. Uh, every, but... She's listing off all her problems. And I'm like, I bet our enemies are shaking in their boots. Yeah. Well, the one and, and, about... And I know you have a gay, uh, a gay recruitment video from the CIA. And it's woke. Jessica, now go into it. They, they called it, that like it's a woke ad. And it says, you know, it's the same thing where I guess the, the quote says... Growing up, or from the from the actual video, it says, "Growing up gay in a small southern town, I was lucky to have a wonderful and accepting family. I always struggled with the idea that I may not be able to discuss my personal life at work. Imagine my surprise when I when I was taking my oath at CIA and I noticed a rainbow on then director Brennan's lanyard. I remember being stunned. Inclusion is a core value here at the CIA. I don't. Again, I first of all, I don't care." That he's gay. Don't I, I don't care one way or the other. I have a very strict policy with with gay men. <laughs> I don't have sex with them. Mm-hmm. It's the same policy I have with almost every woman except for the one that lives here in this house. Mm-hmm. Of that, I don't care. Well, and, uh, and it's a. I find it problematic that they're argue, that they're advertising that you can discuss your personal life at work because that's totally inappropriate. I don't care where you work. Well, no, I. I it's not that. 
It's, I, it is that. No, I'm sorry. There's, there's family days in the Army. We called them mandatory fun days uh, where families come in, your spouse comes in and all that stuff. And obviously, I don't want anyone feeling ashamed that if if uh, if a guy is is gay and he brings his his husband with him, I don't care. Can you hit a softball? Because that's what we're going to do today. We're going to play softball. Can you hit a volleyball? Uh None of us care as long as you're not a scumbag. Uh, it it just does it it, it is it, it just doesn't bother that aspect of of the interacting with the personal life within work. You, you do talk at work about your significant other. I mean, you yeah. Uh, what'd you do last? Just small talk around the water cooler. What'd, what'd you do last night? Well, my wife and I did this, or we went out here, or whatever. And I certainly, in a workplace, would not want somebody feeling like they couldn't, uh, a, a gay person couldn't talk about their spouse or their significant other around the water cooler. It, it just, it's one of those things where I, I think wokeism has gone too far. And the fact that we are all, our society's already moved past it. We don't care. Has our society moved past it, though? Because if you're talking about you don't want people to feel, um, Worried about talking about it at the water cooler, bringing people around. I mean, I, but I don't think they are. I, I don't. I think these things. I think the wokeism is creating more division than there actually is. Oh, absolutely. That's true of any aspect of it. But also right. at the same time, you know, if you want to talk about the effective market marketing component, it's it's brilliant because everyone's talking about it. They're talking about whether or not the ad is appropriate or not. And in doing yeah, so, I, I you're aware I, that they're recruiting. Look, the, the standards to join the CIA are so high. The testing is so high. First of all, you've got to be bilingual. You have to be internationally traveled. You need to have a college degree. Uh, I, I actually interviewed with the company. I, I, I made it several, ste- several steps uh, years and years ago. Um, because, because of my, my specialty in the military, it was, was desired uh, I, I interviewed with several federal agencies, and finally, I decided I could make better money being in the f- private sector. Um, and and groups like the CIA need all types. But with the ad that, that I mentioned before, before you were talking about the gay ad with the CIA, this one was just listing off all the vulnerabilities this person with a security clearance has anxiety, this syndrome, this syndrome, this syndrome, like why in the hell would you advertise this? Like if if you want to get to this person who has a security clearance, here's the buttons to push, by the way, join the CIA. Oh, good God, man. Maybe she just answers the phone. The, you know, that's the highest security clearance in the CIA. The doorman, cleaning, the cleaning crew. Mm. Well, that makes sense. They go, in, they go into every office. Mm-hmm. They have one of the top uh, security clearances in the CIA is the cleaning crew. So, speaking of jackasses, we have the the Lagrange Police Department in in uh, West Georgia has implemented a new training protocol in which the agency is teaching officers to shoot to incapacitate by aiming for the pelvic region. The arms or the legs. Yeah. Um, the AJC did a feature piece on this because the chief, Lou Deckmar, um, he, I guess, had them down to watch their training exercises because they're the first and only uh, agency in the country doing this because, as we're going to talk about, it's stupid, doesn't work, and is reckless, and it's going to open them up to all kinds of lawsuits from both his officers and the public. Um, but, yeah, he he invited them down. They did this big feature because, you know, we, every time we have an officer-involved shooting, whether it's justified or not, the conversation is, well, why do they have to kill him? Why didn't they just shoot him in the leg and blah, blah, blah? So this guy, I guess, is just, um, you know, after, what, 30 or 40 years in law enforcement, he's going to revolutionize it uh, and tell people to shoot people in the arm because when someone's shoot, running toward you with a gun, you can shoot them in the knee. Okay. I know I am super male. And Eric, I'm sorry. His policy is shoot him in the d- 
Doesn't that sound much worse than center, center mass? I guess it depends on what they did. <laughs> and how much you dislike them. <laughs> I mean, are we Which talking happened, about I, I, future I, I, arrests or arrests that have happened, I don't know, in the last <laughs> month and a half or so? I mean, what are oh, we... <laughs> what shots are we, fired, so to speak. Ha, ha. Anyway... Which I've been threatened with in this house many times. (laughs) But look, there are major blood vessels in the pelvic region. Uh, And and not to make light of this, uh, and, you know, I'm jocular, but there's a lot of damage. So do you really want to give somebody a hysterectomy at 1,400 feet per second? Uh, well, what happens when you, you know, I mean, I can see the headlines now when an officer testifies that because someone died and he said, well, I wasn't trying to use deadly force. I was just trying to shoot him in the arm. But, you know, they were running towards me and I missed. And so I shot him in the chest. Like it's called deadly force because it results in it, it most often and, and can very likely result in death. It's the final step to end the encounter. I don't I don't understand why. Or we're, I shot the bystander because I was trying to hit his arm, which is four inches wide instead of his chest. That's 14 inches wide. There's a reason. Wide? What is he? The arm? Gumby? I mean. How wide is your arm? <laughs> I mean, you said he. I'm not a he. I mean, my arm, if I'm running at you, is not more than four or six inches wide. And I'm fat. <laughs> and, I've got, and I've got big arms. I'm not talking about standing like Arnold Schwarzenegger in <laughs> Pumping Iron. But you, you shoot for center mass because it gives you the most amount of leeway. And look, I've been shooting with police officers, and I'm sorry to the cops that listen, but some of y'all aren't the best shots. Okay, what's the test? 70%, which means 3 out of 10 go somewhere you're not intending. <laughs> you, you aim for center. We see it in stories all the time. Officers fired 15 times, hit them five times. It's a moving target. It just, it, it's, it's asked on. If less than lethal, lethal force is justified, you use less than lethal. You get your taser out. You get your pepper spray out. You get that stupid rope thing that shoots out of a gun and wraps you around the legs or whatever the hell it is. Uh, well, he, the chief is the one, he said, in the article, in his statement, one of his official statements about it, he said, using deadly force when it doesn't result in death helps, quote, earn trust and maintain confidence of the public. I mean, said nobody in a wheelchair ever. <laughs> You're not going to earn my trust by shooting someone in the arm. Maybe or if you shot the gun out of their hand, I could be like, wow, that was pretty good. Which is really impressive when you see it on Bonanza, but it's, but it's, <laughs> but it's a, or, or a sniper shot. Uh, where he has time to rest and and take take a, a a really good shot from a, from a distance, but at the point, and here's the thing, you know I carry a gun. If my pants are on, a gun's on. If I have to use it, it's to stop the threat. My goal isn't to kill anyone. I I I don't want to take a human life. That's what is one of the one of the worst things for for the person who pulls the trigger is to take a human life. You aim center mass because it stops the threat and saves your life or the life of others. Well, and shooting someone in the leg or... I mean, that's not necessarily going to... If they have a gun, that's not, that's not going to stop the threat. Not just that. There's something called the femoral artery. You can bleed out, uh, I was about to say, in a heartbeat. Quite literally, in a heartbeat. You hit somebody in the femoral artery? Oh, yeah. It's going to be, they're going to die. It's going to hurt the entire time it's happening. Same thing with a gut shot. You can very easily take take one of the liver in a gut shot. And then you want to talk, talk about the pelvic region? The That whole area is full of nerves, not just the fun ones, full of nerves 
and and blood vessels that don't react well to things moving at a thousand feet plus per minute. Okay, per so sorry. If if you had to, if you were if you were you know in a skirmish with the cops, where and you had to be shot, where would you want to be shot? Uh, in the gluteus, I guess, because I would be running away. <laughs> you hit me right in the brain. No, I don't. I don't want to be shot at all. That's not the question. But I guess in the ass. That's the that's the fleshy part that can. Well, I don't have much of one. I look like Hank Hill. Um, but I, the 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 chest has lungs, heart, and and all the important arteries. Your your you've got the spine, the nerves, the leg. I don't want to be shot at all. Which is why I do things like pay an attorney <laughs> if I were to need one. Like, Mr. Roberts, you're under arrest. I'm like, okay. Could I call an attorney now? But the fact is, <laughs> we use center mass because it allows the maximum amount of error while still striking the target. And I and, and and you said it on the opening before I started, you know, cracking jokes. Is there are going to be tons of lawsuits on this one? Uh, with with uh, did you violate city policy by aiming center mass? Why didn't you aim it as pecker? You're setting unreasonable expectations for the community because you're you're uh, you're purporting that it's just super easy to to do it this way and that all the the way that has been done and let's let's i i mean you kind of touched on it but i just want to be clear like the way that their police are taught is the same way citizens are taught anyone who is shot, taught how to shoot a gun and and it's towards a target that is shaped like a human being is taught the same way and and we're supposed to pretend like all of a sudden after all these hundreds of years that that's wrong i mean uh, it it's just stupid. And what's going to happen is he's going to lose police officers. Hopefully. Because they're going to say, forget this. I'm out. My I'm understanding sh- my understanding is that some of his police officers were at training last week and this came up and because this story had just come out and they were already defending it. So if they're that dumb, then they deserve to be sued as well. And I, I will hope that they don't have the PBA or the FOP to help them because this is just stupid all around. Like reasonable officers would walk off the job if someone said you can't shoot them in the way that you've been trained to shoot them. You can't protect yourself to stop the threat. And this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis after Jessica says a policy is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is. He's the same chief that allows his officers to fire a warning shot. Mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. First of all, nine mil is way too expensive for that. And hard to find. How about the so, time that he 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 cited that they used it like in the article was with a 15 year old. You, you don't fire warning shots. Bullets go places. And we're told that every New Year's Eve, don't shoot into the air, bullets land. And look, there have been plenty of cases where actually it was a, a one of the cases was Fourth of July, where an old man just kind of slumped over in his chair and died. And he, and he and they on autopsy they found a round in him, and they traced it back to someone that was ten houses away that was shooting for Fourth of July. And the round made it, made it past and, and lodged in his lung and killed him. The, it's not a firecracker. It's not bonanza. When you shoot something, the bullet goes somewhere. It has to go somewhere. And it's going somewhere very, very quickly. Yeah, the dude's a jackass. And mm-hmm. that's not just my opinion. As far as I'm concerned, it's a fact. And hopefully the, the, the city council in Grange fires him and he can go somewhere and be a parking maid. No. So the state is canning its participation in the federal unemployment program effective June 26 of this year. I think it's great news about 14 months too late, but here we are. 
Well, the three sixty five a week it'll go to, I still think, is three hundred sixty five dollars too much. Go well, to work. That's the state benefit that I don't think they can like lawfully take away. Well, not without an act of the uh, of the legislature. Right. Look, unemployment. If you want to have a serious effect on on illegal immigration, you take away unemployment. You take away welfare. We have people who are able-bodied but think themselves too good or I'm a computer programmer. I'm not going to go rake a yard. No, I'll, I'll sit around and wait for it. Hell, it was a joke on one of the uh, 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 vacation movies where uh, Eddie's still out of work. Well, he's, had, he's holding out for a management position. Go to well, work. You recall, I'm sure, especially like right after the recession um, and everything in 08, about people not getting hired because they were overqualified or overeducated and employers thought that they were paying or they'd have to pay them too much or that they'd leave. I mean, there was a lot of speculation about all of that, but I think employers at this point are so desperate. I mean, you can't even keep a, a, a Wal or Walgreens or a, you know, a McDonald's open during the day because they don't have a staff to do it. They don't care who is coming in and applying. They just want someone to apply. At this point, I would take a Harvard educated attorney to come go crawl spaces for me because last week you said you hate attorneys. I don't hate attorneys. I love defense attorneys, mm-hmm. um, especially if I need one. <laughs> I made a joke about attorneys. <laughs> um, well, they don't have senses of humor, so they probably are still, <laughs> they're not over it. Yeah, they're still checking their briefs. Um, but all these places, I, I was in two Macy's today trying to find Connie's dress that she sent to me to, to go pick up. And you couldn't even find an employee around Macy's. Mm-hmm. I had to go stand in the returns line. It took me two minutes to find a dress, two minutes. And it took me 20 minutes waiting in line because there were only two employees on this end of the store doing anything because you just couldn't find anybody. It is, it, and I don't, I don't blame the employee. I don't blame Macy's for that matter. It, it was a, a simple fact of they're hiring just like everybody else is. No, you blame Donald Trump and Joe Biden and the U S Senate and Congress. And yeah, well, absolutely. I, I, I blame the, the welfare state they've set up. Look, go to work. Look, if unemployment insurance was actually insurance, you'd be able to shop for it. And it's something that you'd be able to buy on your own. Do you and know you how much our to- state has paid out as of May 10th, which would be almost 14 months? I do, because you wrote it. $21.2 billion. I mean, of course, that's state and federal, but that $21 billion. In 14 months. I don't do math, but that's a lot. Go to work. Look, and, and, I've, and I've said on the show before, one of the most successful people I know, probably the most successful person I know in the 80s went broke and went to work for Taco Bell. And then he ended up owning several and is now has done very, very, very well in life. But It wasn't even a point of humility. It was, I need to put food on the table for my family, and these these guys are hiring. This is where I'll go. Because it never occurred to him to sit around and and put your hand out. There also used to be a point of pride that even when you lost your job, you would get dressed every morning and drive away so your neighbors didn't know you were unemployed. There There was a pride in this country. There was a pride in work. And it didn't matter if you were working with your with a with your name on your shirt or if you were a pulmonary surgeon, you went to work. Uh, when I was a kid and I was homesick, uh, it, all the commercials on TV were schools, how to learn to work on boats, how to learn to work, do this, how to be a truck driver. And if you look at daytime TV now, it's who can you sue? Who can you blame for your lot in life? Hey, and partially that that's that that's a failure of our education system. Stuff that Mike Rowe says with 
the guidance counselor saying that manual labor is beneath educated people. And we have more options now than we ever did. You're unemployed, go drive for Uber. You know, we, we'd, we wouldn't have people flooding, flooding the border if Americans said, hey, listen, I lost my job as a computer programmer. I'm going to go dig ditches until I can find another a programming job. Along those lines, did you see the article on thegeorgevirtue.com last week that um, the CBP report that said uh, border encounters were up 944% from this time last year? Well, of course I did, because I know the chick that owns it. Mm. She's a bad... (laughs) 944%. (laughs) Yeah. And look, it, it is... Absolutely fueled by a couple things. One, the the hate for manual labor by Americans. And the other is the lax enforcement in, in the bill of goods they've been sold with the Biden administration. Just come on. We'll take care of you. Come on. Well. And look, I say heard- what you want about, about Trump. You know, I, I the ancillary stuff with the the drugs and all that stuff that I don't really care about. But if you if you care about human beings, these people are being abused before they get here. Uh, there's a a very high rate. And I don't know the number of of women that are coming coming across the border that coyotes are sexually abusing children. They're being abused. Children literally being thrown off the wall. Mm-hmm. So it, if you claim to care about those folks, you would close the border. They just want a better life. And I don't blame them for wanting to come. I think we need to have a very generous immigration uh, program with a very solid border. Well, Look, we need guest workers. And, you know, this this can be off on a hog trail a little bit. I don't, I don't want to get too far, but there's a guy out here named D.A. King who's a mm-hmm. – he – his entire world revolves around immigration. He's been against three bills that were about reciprocity for counselors. It's family counselors, uh, occupational therapists, and something else. These are all educated professions and saying you should call Kemp and oppose these bills about making it easier to bring your license to Georgia. These are all professions we need, particularly the health, uh, the uh, mental health uh, part of it. And I never got an answer from him. He's just a jack. I I know you know him. Uh, What's it? How many College-educated counselors are hopping the border, getting a license in another state, then moving to Georgia. Silencio. Because his entire world revolves around making people afraid of the brown people. So, you know, we, we, I know we're getting off on a, a tangent from, from the, the federal unemployment stuff, but if you want to cure uh, illegal immigration you first start with stopping the welfare state and that begins with unemployment insurance. And again, I believe it should be offered for people to buy. You should be able to go and go to state farm or all state or USAA or whoever you use and say, here's my resume. I would like to purchase unemployment insurance. Should I become unemployed by no fault of my own? Just like you can health insurance and life insurance. Oh, un- self-employed people would be all over that. Sure. And, and, and whatever rate it is, you pay into it. But the having it being federally and state mandated takes away competition. It, 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 it's, it's, and, and we've seen the last 14 months that it is a debacle. So, also impacted by COVID-19, nursing homes. According to a recent report, Georgia is the last in the nation in conducting recertification inspections of its nursing homes. Jessica, what is going on? This one really 
really bothers me because, I mean, nursing homes and some assisted care facilities, but more when people are, you know, more reliant on um, their caretakers, do we hear these awful stories about, you know, residents not getting the food that they need or the medical care or having, and then, and then, gosh, for the last eight, almost 16 months, I think it's been now, they haven't allowed people in to see their family members. Um, and so it's truly been the state's responsibility to make sure that these facilities are keeping up with the conditions that they're held to by law, except that the federal government suspended the inspection rules uh, last, gosh, I guess March. So um, 80% of Georgia's facilities have gone 18 months or more without a comprehensive inspection. The only inspection these places have been having is if they're taking um, COVID precautions like like cleaning and sanitizing and masks for caretakers. And um, when I I can't think of anything more cruel. No. Than someone towards in their life being deprived of seeing their children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. And, I, but they have no watchdog in there because the caretakers, I mean, a lot of them, they don't, sure, there are some whistleblowers and who are the ones that have rung the bell and said, look, something's happening here. But 80% of our facilities are, are, are not being, in, haven't been inspected in 18 months. So that's well before the pandemic. And the national average is 51%. And, and look, they're, they're, they're in depth in inspections. It's four days. Like they, they spend the whole week there and, you know, look at everything. But, but here's the thing, you know, a couple of years ago, famously, I, I was sick and did the show, you know, uh, horribly. Uh, but Connie was absolutely my watchdog. And saying, this is what you're going to do. It, she stood over me and made it happen. The There's a huge loneliness of being in the hospital. And, you, and you've been in the hospital by, uh, by yourself, too. And, and you're, you're well aware of this. But uh, a lot of times you're medicated, you're out of it. And, and for, for older folks, this is where elder abuse comes from, is these folks working in the, in the, in the facilities know they're not being checked. So there's, there, I'm not saying it causes impropriety, but it certainly encourages it. I don't, I, it, we need to get back to normal. What whatever normal was as effed up as we thought things were in 2019 and 2021, we're like, man, I've missed the old days. Well, we obviously were not normal before this started because I mean, 80 percent, 18 months, 18 months puts you at what? November, December of 2019. Give me a freaking break. It's disgusting. And and all they've done for the last 15 months is go in and make sure that it's sterile in there. It should be sterile in there anyway. But the legislature is like, yeah, we're going to throw some money at it. We're going to give them $12 million so they can hire some more people. And, oh, wait, actually, we're not going to hire people. We're going to hire contractors because then those people aren't accountable to us the same way that an employee is. And we'll just we're going to clean up that backlog. Lickety split. Don't you worry. So how common of a problem is it, Jess? I mean, I read an article probably once every other, at least once a month, where you read about some atrocious living conditions, and you're like, how did it get so bad? How did nobody know that was going on? Yeah, because nobody's allowed in. We have cases of malnutrition, unexpected deaths. Even before that, how many cases did we hear about before we stopped letting people in? Right. That is the biggest mistake Brian Kemp made in the in the uh, COVID pandemic emergency powers thing, in my opinion, is the nursing homes and the hospitals. And and yes, they've started to roll some of that back. But the you will never fix the problems and and take back the time periods when people were when they had no advocate and when they had no oversight and those people had full control locked you out from people where you were paying to, to have people housed, where you pay a bill, you couldn't even get them out. I'd be disgusting. I know, exactly. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Hey, look, this is, 
this is somebody's father, grandfather, great grandfather, and the family, the families that want to be involved. And that is one of the saddest things. It's one of the reasons that I, you know, I talk to my mother a lot and my father too, but, uh, usually my mom answers the phone, uh, about, and she reminds me, you know, we have long care, long, uh, long-term care insurance. She wants to make sure that they're not locked in one of these facilities because of the fear mm-hmm. that our retirees have of being locked in some place where you have no control and your family, family's not around and they can do anything they want to you. Yeah. So I would have been with a baseball bat and some glass and I would have been, come on, Kim, let's go. <laughs> Busting Kim out. Yeah. You and Stanley. You and Stanley mm-hmm. at the door with a case of C4 blowing her, in blowing the, the, he, the In the dark, <laughs> what is it? In the cloak of darkness, as Wes Cantrell said about daylight savings. <laughs> Cloaked in darkness. So that takes us to our next topic. How pauper burials are on the rise in Georgia. Real quick, Jess. Yeah, kind of like opposite of what we were talking about. But in some counties in our state, they have so many bodies, people being abandoned where they can't find family. The family refuses to pick them up for whatever reason, or um, they're just being abandoned at the morgue or the hospital. And so the taxpayers are footing the bill. Like, this is a growing problem. I don't... We didn't know that was, a, that was an option with Rob. We could have saved some money. Dave. <laughs> Next. <laughs> A bill recently induced in Congress would give victims of domestic abuse more leeway in dipping into their retirement accounts. This is we're going to do a shallow dive into a deep subject, Jess. We're going to what? This is, we're going to do a shallow dive into a deep subject. We can't. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. Oh. Uh, it was sponsored by Lucy McBath, who is uh, Georgia's uh, congresswoman from Tennessee. Yes. So they basically, it has good intentions. I mean, the the idea is that, you know, people who are victims of domestic abuse, whether it be physical, psychological, sexual, emotional, or economic, they are not making any restrictions on it. They can dip into their retirement funds without a penalty um, up to $10,000. And if they're going to use it to quote, escape or leave their abuser and go rebuild a life somewhere else. And the idea is um, is to, to give people access to the resources they need to leave. I would say it's a little short-sighted, and um, there's a couple things that play into that, to include the fact that a lot of abused individuals um, – don't have the opportunity to work or are stay at home parents or, you know, they, they don't have a retirement plan. And so there's nothing to dip into. And so like, I think it's, I think it, it's like one of those things where a constituent reached out and said, well, if I could have reached into my retirement plan, this, but I didn't want to have the tax penalty. Um, And so they're like, Oh, well, we'll do something. And, and it's just a very shallow pool of people that it will help. Well, you know, I love the, the idea I think I think the intentions are great. Uh, Lucy McBath and I don't see eye to eye at a lot. Uh, I'm a big supporter of of women's shelters, and uh, that's just that's just one of my issues. Is what it's what, you know I, I contribute to the women's shelter here in Paulding County and all that stuff. I'm a big proponent of that. It I, I skimmed the bill uh, as story I read in the Georgia Virtue. Uh, owned by some blonde chick. Um, you have like three years to pay it back, which if you have a 401k, you can already borrow in your 401k. Because the number I think is 50%. You 10,000 or 50%. Mm-hmm. Well, 401k plans, you can already borrow 50% and pay it back out, out of your salary. Uh I think it, I th- the the bill leaves too much up to the IRS to decide how they're going to document if you're actually an abused spouse. So is it just me going up to the IRS saying that that Connie's abusing me and I could take 10,000 out? Well, and we talked about that before the show that if that's if the options are too much discretion or it's the it's written liberally l- uh, 
so that it's almost, for lack of a better word, abused, I'd, I'd err on it being overused as opposed to some IRS agent on a power trip saying you got to jump through all these hurdles. Right. And, but that's the problem. It's not laid out in the bill. Mm-hmm. It leaves it up to the IRS to decide. And anybody who has dealt with the IRS knows that the three their three favorite words are documentation, documentation, documentation. So are you going to have to take a, a TPO to them? Are you going to have to take the the conviction notice to them? Do you have to take your, your divorce decree? By this time, it's too late. If you well, get and out, domestic violence is much like the instances of real sexual assault. They're often not reported, and there's not a, a paper trail, and it has to get really bad for there to be one. So, I mean, it's a standard that would be difficult to define, especially with the way that laws are written differently in each state. Well, and it's a lot of times these guys aren't convicted. The divorce happens. They hide. Uh, the victim hides. And it goes away. So I, I'm, I applaud the intention I, I I love the intention. Uh, I want I want to protect also all victims. I, I don't want anybody anybody to be a victim. I don't I don't want you know I, I use the term woman because you know I, I'm a straight guy in a relationship, but I don't care if it's two guys, two girls, or if uh, someone's married to, to China from the from the from the wrestling thing and getting getting the snot kicked out of them. I don't want anybody to be victimized. I don't know that this bill is is worded the right way for this to happen. What's better, and this is the libertarian showing through me, is have a fair tax code where you don't have to worry about pre-tax dollars versus post-tax dollars right. and all that, that your investment money is your money and you can access it any damn time you need to. But I'm just crazy. I, I'm, I'm one of those crazy uh, li- uh, uh, liberty-minded people that think that we should have a fair tax code, that you don't have to put money into, into a retirement vehicle to avoid taxes, that it's your money. A radical. I know. Speaking of radical, hi, Shane. Uh, <laughs> Shane Hazel runs the Radical Podcast. He's a, he's a friend of the podcast, has been a guest on here. Jessica, we're running long. What are your closing thoughts? Don't have any. So I was in my my board of zoning appeals meeting, and, I, and I'm the vice chair. I'm sitting next to the chairman, and he just turns to me before the meeting started and says, "Is Connie your wife?" I'm like, yeah, because I never put the two and two together. How does he know uh, Connie? I, apparently, he knows her through her work. Mm. But it, it and, and he's 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 a super, super good guy. He uh, uh, is one of the guys that you would not is a hard, hard working, well off guy. He or he earns every dollar he's got. But it, I guess he knew and I've known this guy for three years on this board that he knew my I'm, I'm Roberts and she knew and he knew Connie as Connie Roberts, but never put two and two together. I don't know. It just kind of came out of the blue. But I, and I am I'm. I'm very proud of her for having, for uh, creating a, a, a reputation for herself outside of me in Paulding County as, as being, he had nothing but nice things to say about her. Of course, he qualified it by finding out she, she was my wife before saying nice things about her. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was awesome. It's, you know, when, when she first started working in the county versus working in Buckhead, you know, she was she was Dave's wife, and now I am Connie's husband, and I and I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, absolutely outstanding on on her part. Team so, Connie, yeah, yeah, poor poor Connie, yeah, yeah. The only negative mark on her is her poor choice in men. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening. For Eric Cumbie, our editor, for Jessica Salaji, the brains of the operation, I'm Dave Roth.